0: Welcome to another episode of Chopped Greens. I'm your host, Philip Amrine, sitting uh, away from Gareth Boucher. Gary, tell the people hi in your second native tongue.
1: Bonjour. Oh, there we go. Oui, oui. I took français in uh, university at Arizona State. I I can just do an accent. I don't remember anything.
0: Je m'appelle Gareth. I swear, in my life, I've taken like... Bienvenue à la podcast. I must have taken at least... at least 4 Spanish classes yeah. at least and I, I, two of those were at college level and uh, one of them was at advanced high school level and I swear I still I still can't like speak a lick of Spanish
1: we should we should try to to learn a language this year
0: no <laughs> I'm having trouble even all the time speaking the language I do know. Uh, I, honestly, I I th- feel like my biggest downfall with Spanish was that the the want was there, but it 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 battled with the direct want in my life yeah. that I hate <clears throat> homework, and so therefore it took any yeah. and all enjoyment of actually learning it and just made it so that way I learned it, utilized it for the test, and it didn't actually ingest within me it didn't it didn't actually gel within me of like of going through I just learned it's a muscle
1: man you have to work it out every day and if you don't use it you lose it I got really I took it for two years in college so I was conversational by the end of my second year in fact it's still on my acting resume it says conversational in French it's not a thing if you're a casting director don't just X that out um but, uh, yeah, no, it's yeah. not there anymore. And that, I graduated like three years ago, not not that long
0: ago. Yeah, I know, <clears throat> I, I remember some, like, real choice words. Well, if
1: you grow up in Arizona, you, like, we all know oh, a yeah. little bit, but otherwise, like, no. Uh,
0: yeah. Um, anyways, uh, something that is absolutely not, well, I guess that they have a lot of Spanish speakers in, uh, in Florida, which uh, would... Take us down to one night in Miami. That's a killer transition. Thank you. Thank you. I, <laughs> I reached all the way across state lines and I just uh, run them together.
1: That's awesome. Like yeah. Captain America in the helicopter.
0: Uh, Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Or, yeah, because technically the other one would be... Yeah, he always has these tense struggle power moments right? he's mm. either pushing something or bringing them together. Chris
1: Evans is like, I have biceps. Oh, See them.
0: And I mean, come on. <clears throat> of course. For guys or gals alike... That's still cool. It's, it's great. Yeah, it's Speaking great. Speaking of
1: biceps, Muhammad Ali in One Night in Miami. There we here go. we go. That was a much better transition than what <laughs> I tried to
0: accomplish. But uh, yes, One Night in Miami, of course, uh, the one of the Amazon Prime originals recently released uh, uh, this year, This uh, within the past couple weeks of this Fantastic recording. Fantastic
1: original. I wish I could have seen it in theaters. Really? Okay. Yeah. So we
0: go uh, Regina King of uh, Oscar award-winning fame for Ooh. If Beale Street Could Talk directs this mm-hmm. particular uh, Oscar-bait uh, mm. film for Amazon Studios. And we've got uh, our, our quartet of men at the top with uh, Kingsley ben as Malcolm X, Ellie Goree as Cassius Clay or Muhammad Ali, uh, Aldis Hodge as Jim Brown, and then, of course, Leslie Odom Jr. as Sam Cooke. Yeah. And of course, we've even got, I, I would like, as an honorable mention, we got Lance Riddick as Kareem X. Who, uh, Every, he's a,
1: everyone loves Lance Riddick, man.
0: I know. Uh, hey, God God is good. <laughs>
1: My girlfriend it, was like, oh, Fringe. And yeah. I was like, oh no, John Wick. Okay, Fringe. John Wick, yeah. John Wick, yeah. yeah. But yeah, uh, some four heavyweights, pun intended, at the top here, And the, the entire there movie. just It's just four, it's the, the whole thing, the best part of the movie is, you know, we have four legends in a hotel room talking. It's based on a play, which is good to uh, know. The same name, yes. Based on a play, of the same name, which is the whole movie is you know sitting and talking, and it is some of the best sitting and talking you can get.
0: Yes. Yeah, so whenever we go to, because I've recently watched uh, Mal Rainey's Black Street and reviewed it on this same channel on this on this podcast, um, and so it's somewhat recent, and and it, this really drove point the home, or excuse me, this really drove home <laughs> the point that that if one thing's for sure is that movies that are direct directly taken from plays have the some of the better dialogue scenes in Film, Well,
1: because I mean, because film, you know, if you go to film school and especially screenwriting school, what they teach you is less is more when it comes to dialogue. You know, yeah. you're supposed to have you just have it all be visual, which is great. But in this movie, like a play is, is only ever dialogue. Oh, and yeah. So this Everything just,
0: needs to be conveyed because the audience yeah. can't see all the explicit yeah. nuances of what the characters and, are, are yeah. or, or actors are doing on stage.
1: So they, it can go one of two ways when your movie is talk, 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 talk. And this movie goes the, the good way, I think. Sometimes you can, you know, some of the bad Sorkin movies can talk you right out of the movie with this one. The more you hear what these guys have to say, the more you get into it. Well,
0: the difference, of course, I, I would like to touch on that, is that Aaron Sorkin's, <laughs> whenever he goes talk, 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 <laughs> there's an, uh, how, do I, how would I put this? A swelling, an upswelling music beat underneath that accomplices his dialogue to where it's like, America. I'll tell you what's so great about America. And then it's like the Jurassic Park. Dun, 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 underneath, <laughs> yeah. like slowly, like at first it's just like. this whole
1: thing is like, I like his music, yeah. Dun,
0: dun, and then by the end you're like. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah. By the time they're like, this is America. And so that's that's Aaron Sorkin. Yeah. Aaron Sorkin on a, on a platter. This, however, of course, originates from a play. We've already discussed that. Should okay, we uh, so,
1: segue into the the initial premise? Sure, absolutely. Yeah.
0: Why don't you take us away?
1: Yeah, so it's 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 a it's a fictional account of a night that didn't happen, but you know th- these men crossed paths their lives. Basically, well, actually,
0: um, okay. So hold on, it is a night that happened in the sense of uh, Muhammad Ali or Cassius Clay, as he is here, yes. did actually beat Sonny Liston it's in one a one of the most
1: famous yeah. boxing upsets ever. Twenty two year old. At the time, Cassius Clay beat Sonny Liston, and as he is going to celebrate, uh, stay at a hotel in Miami. He meets up with Malcolm X, Sam Cooke. Sure, I mean
0: that part is fictional.
1: And this, uh, yeah, that's fictional. And Jim Brown, the considered like the greatest football player of all time, greatest oh, yeah. running
0: back, still still to this day.
1: And he's still alive. Actually, I think he's the he only is. one who's still living of of these four. Um, e- I didn't know this, but yeah. Sam Cooke was actually murdered. Um, oh, wow. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that either. He was, yeah. This is And this is the type of movie that makes you want to go look stuff up afterward. Um, yeah, um, but yeah. yeah, so they get into a hotel room, and they are all big in the civil rights movement, and basically the movie really opens up when they kind of start debating the best way to go about the movement. And I was
0: going to say, I, I I think it's... That's actually at the crux of the movie. Four different uh, schools of g- thought. Yeah, Gary, is that I don't think that all of them are per se big into the movement, or at least that's that's the crux of it, is exactly. identifying who and what and how is your contribution into the quote-unquote movement mm-hmm. uh, being perceived versus actually achieving versus... Um, what it's uh, actually accomplishing so there's there's different ones that there's a subdued version there's and one that the public doesn't see but what you know what what actually manifests from it. there's the boisterous out front and then there's the one that's by association mm-hmm. so there's the exactly. there's the three schools of of thought on contribution and it, it fully yeah. explores all three and gives each theology its own time in the sunlight of this film Mm -hmm. Um, where would you like to start as far as uh, do you want to just jump into the story of the film do you want to go into like costumes do you want to where do you where would you I'll let you start this Gary because I'm going to take first uh, step and give me five so Mm -hmm. I'll let you lead us lead on good sir let's see um, round one
1: if if we just want to talk about the, the, the vibe of the film I think that they capture you know this this mid 60s vibe really really well with each of the actors
0: is so the setting is,
1: yes. yeah is is pulling their weight in terms of like dialect and just little little vocal things that you know they obviously took great care in representing these men um, the the aura of, of of the fight i think that all of that is is great to me I mean, w- where it takes off is once we get into the hotel room, you know, that, that's the, the main thing that I wanted to, to talk about is just like how exciting and invigorating it is. And literally it's just like four dudes sitting and talking and it's, um, it's, it's amazing. So I guess you could so uh, that yeah, to, so to the acting.
0: Yeah. The costuming's uh, completely all right. I mean, like it, it's, it's appropriate. It feels yeah. good. Um, hair and makeup, um... I think for Malcolm X is probably the best. Uh, and then e- you, even Ali, even Ali is great.
1: I'll tell you what, I mean, cause really the, the only thing that's out of the norm of the film is, you know, they have two like fight scenes, like two boxing scenes. And, yeah. and I was watching out for that because like boxing scenes in movies can kind of go either way and they don't hang on these boxing scenes for a long time, which is great. And really what it's about is showing you Ali being Ali. Yeah. And people watching him and, like, thinking about how he is. Um, And so they don't hang on the boxing scenes a moment too long. And that's really the only thing that's out of the ordinary. It's not, like, on the level of, like, Creed or whatever, but it doesn't have to be because it's really just about
0: the the character, not, like, the the fight itself. So in order to have a full evaluation of this film, I think we kind of got to go from beginning to end, per Mm se. Uh, and so, of course, if you have not seen the film, this is where I think we would urge you to watch the film because I think if we cut to the chase on that, yeah, I'd say that we both would agree that you at least need to watch the film. You like, should. I they're, think. They're, um, if, I think when we watched Krampus or something, if you if you, <laughs> you completely if you completely avoided Krampus and fine. then you just listen to our, our podcast, that's totally you, fine. you would get yeah. a lot out of it. This yeah.
1: one it's... It's going to be hard to understand. It's going to be hard to have a discussion between us about yeah.
0: the film without actually going into <clears throat> avid details about what the film entails yeah. and what it explores. Mm-hmm. So uh, full disclosure there. Ba, 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 ba. All right. Thank you for coming back if you just watched it. All right. <laughs> Let's move on. Um, so, uh, wow. I think that to just get jumpstart this, it becomes a good film by the end. But boy, Gary, it drags in the in the beginning, man. Like, so we we start out like an Energizer Bunny at first, where I'm fully in, I'm fully invested. At first, I, I had no idea what was going on. Um, to be completely frank, I didn't know who Sam Cook was. He was the one of the four that I was unaware of. I knew Malcolm X. I've even seen Malcolm X, uh, Denzel Washington's portrayal of it. Mm-hmm. So I at least have that wherewithal, that knowledge of a point of reference with uh, Malcolm X, and then of course Muhammad Ali. Being in sports, I. I'm, I'm, Jim Brown yeah, Jim Brown especially well. yeah that's that's you gotta yeah. know so for me myself Sam Cooke was the was the one who was out you know
1: his songs once I looked him up on Spotify exactly. I was like oh this is Sam Cooke yeah exactly. but um, I, did, I had no idea who he was as a man which is um, really sad yeah. But, and, uh, yeah
0: but going in the beginning of this film it heavily rested on the shoulders of uh, Ali's performance uh, I, I should say uh, Ellie Goree I'm gonna G-O-R-E-E I'm not am sure of his pronunciation. I'm horrible anyway, so I apologize if I mispronounced it. But uh Eli Goree's uh, portrayal of Cassius Clay, it rests on his energetic performance, his fun performance, I would say, even. I think, obviously, probably the best performance of uh, Ali or Cassius Clay is uh, Will Smith. Oddly enough, of course, he he won an Oscar because yeah, of
1: that. Really, uh, you can't top that. You can't really top that.
0: But this <laughs> yeah. one is fun. Yeah. This one is absolutely fun, and it's written as such yeah. to where you can actually really enjoy the performance. It's funny, being and he's actually like—I mean, he's
1: believable. Every single one of these guys gets his their moments, and he's kind of silly for a lot of the movie. But when he gets his his moment, like especially you know when he it's in the when the he beginning. snaps at Malcolm. It's it's great. Yeah, for um, me, it's
0: it's in the beginning that that really the entire film's energy and interest is is on his shoulders for. Gosh, it felt like half the fir- the film, the first half of the film. And while it worked tremendously and you were so invested in him in the beginning parts, once we got about a quarter of the way through the movie, it really started to drag to where I was openly questioning, wow, I don't see why this film is supposed to be this good or what, what, is, what is bringing forth so many rave reviews about this film. I, I, I would say that that's actually a big point off of the film for me. Um, I, I just, while I thought his portrayal was fun, it didn't fully connect to me. Um, not him Not now I'm, I'm separating from him I'm just saying as the movie as a whole it didn't connect with me until we got to the halfway point of when Malcolm finally has his first bill when we get into like the monologues of, yeah. the, of the film and they're in back in the room and they get back into the room for the second time they're all together coming down from the roof that's where the film finally connects back into the audience I felt and gets to what the ideology of this film really rests on I I understand
1: where you're coming from because when I was watching it, um, it, it, thankfully they do a good enough job of in the beginning each of those characters being introduced. Uh, their introductory scenes were interesting enough to keep my attention. But I was one. I was like, okay, what are we going for here? Because you know, there's usually some kind of goal that rocks us into the plot, yeah. and, and this is missing that. I didn't take the take away from it for me like it did for you because, like I said, I'm like. The these scenes, I thought, were, were engaging enough and, and crafted well enough to where I was like, okay, like, this is fun. But in my mind, I was like, where are we going? Like, what is this movie really about? And then once we... Like, the first time we're in the hotel with all of them, I was like, okay, I'm in. Um, and really where it really grabs your attention for me is when Jim Brown goes to visit some old family friend and they have this really pleasant conversation that's incredibly oh, uncomfortable yeah. and you're like kind of what's well, happening no,
0: no. it's completely com- comfortable like you felt but like he was a safe this, haven yeah, from but all th- the racism that resided in Alabama? Ge- in Georgia. Georgia. Georgia you felt like he that but the,
1: the whole time you're like okay th- it can't be this nice and then of course he hits him with, with the we don't allow n-words in the house and then you're like oh my god um so because you know Sam Cook has his intro and it's just kind of like a general like oh he's on stage bombing type thing and and for me the, when it really takes off is when we see Aldous as as Jim Brown and then once we get to the hotel um, and Malcolm gets to do his thing and everyone gets to, to do their thing it takes off but so I did feel it uh, as as a slow start I guess um, oh wow see
0: I was completely opposite I was completely invested and then yeah. it just it just flatlined for me because eventually it became a, a conundrum of okay is this a muhammad ali Cassius clay story well that is interesting and fascinating why am i am i just is it everybody else is in supporting roles around Cassius clay and his conversion to M- muslimism islam 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 yeah. uh, his conversion to islam or is it is it are we ever going to get to the other people? And for a half of the film, because I, I feel like we don't go back to explore Cashless Clay really in the rest of the film. But ever, ever since the point of, I can pinpoint it, is when he's like, why am I so pretty? Like, that is hilarious. But the moment that that end, like after he said that, I was, I was. You were a little bit. I was pretty much bored and, and out, detached for the That's rest of That's interesting. I think. I felt like it was a chore to stay with the film.
1: I, I don't know like what what kept me so engaged probably the performances and the fact that I mean having four people in a room talking like you you had better have some good-ass talking and I felt like it was grade A talking like cuz it gets really philosophical pretty quickly off the bat and Malcolm I think spearheads that. So really the, the only detractor for the movie for me was like I said, in that first half hour, I was like, okay, where are we going? And then, like I said, once we all get him in the hotel, I was off, and I was totally into it from, from there on out. I've, I do understand where some people Because I, I think a lot of people might share that that thing that you it's feel set up because Because it's
0: set up a lot, but at the same time, in the in the midst of setting stuff up, it, it did a disservice towards actually checking me out. And again, it, it was in the service. It, it was purposeful, so I can appreciate mm-hmm. that. I can appreciate that fact. But when we're talking I about just just oh what's in the fridge just ice cream like that that scene is like yeah. wh- what is that doing for me versus you know Malcolm's eighth time of being conspicuous of being his of of being wary of his surroundings to yeah. them going to the roof to then it ultimately not really meaning anything uh, to really hammering the home the point home of Sam Cook's integration with white the white man and white culture. And how that is perceived within the black culture, again, it was like it was almost I think the second or third time to where I was like I get I get it I'm I'm understanding what what his role is in this Can we please move on to, to something new And it just felt like
1: what's nice though about that though is they they kind of lay out everybody's initial ideologies. But then they show the flaw in everybody's ideology, and then they go deeper and deeper with it, the, and but, just opening up. But all up. those
0: flaws, all the all the flaws, and getting deeper and deeper happened in the second half of the film. And I'm just saying that little snippet, that fourth of it, was so detrimental to the film. Yeah. Anyways, I I feel like we've hammered this point home ourselves. So yeah. let's let's move along. I,
1: I think maybe though where that might come from, from my perspective, might be the fact that it's. A play, and maybe if we were seeing the play, you might not think that. But we're used to movies being a little bit different, you know, in in terms of setup. So I totally get where it come from. Did not detract for me like it did for you, but I understand that. um I'm all for the talking.
0: Yeah, I, two near two hours of an hour and fifty four minutes. Maybe if we cut that down, on... it might be
1: like fifteen minutes too long. I guess. Um, and that, to me, actually comes because, in the beginning. Because I yeah. checked
0: back in, and let's, let's use this as a segue, when Malcolm X talked about his first interaction, well, not interaction, really, but his first time seeing uh, a Sam Cooke concert. And the two never mingled, the two never interacted, and... Great scene. Great scene, and he's finally starting some dialogue and storytelling And from that point on, I was invested. I was like, wow, I am so in. I am so in. I I really just so deeply appreciated that scene, that how it was crafted. And that's something that you truly could not recreate in theater, I feel like, or at Mm -hmm. least do it organically to where unless you had like two sides of the stage and maybe it's like another person. But the way that it was crafted was so good that it felt like the first time... Maybe the second time, because uh, the second time that it felt a justification for this screenplay to be converted into film. Where the first one, I felt, was Ali doing the infamous pool fight scene. That was great. Uh, photo. That was great. Like of the all-time great sports photos. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then moving along to yeah. now this, that felt like something that was truly amplified through the medium of movies. Mm-hmm. So I was... I, I enjoyed that story. It's it, it really pronounced something, and f- for the first time, I felt like fully uh, incorporated what Malcolm's Fool, at least in this point of his life, his renaissance of thinking towards, hey, what can what can anybody do, or what what how do other people become powerful instead no. of just actively speaking out against stuff. Which he, of course, could accomplish, because the only reason why he had any social power at all was because of his speaking prowess and ability.
1: Yeah. I think that my favorite part of this movie has to be the fact that each of these four characters essentially represents, like, a pillar, which could be considered, Mm. like, not even a character, but, like, an idea. But they still make you realize that each of these men is is human, and I think that's a really tough... Mm. Balancing act to, to pull off, you know, because Malcolm is, is in the movie representing an ideology. Jim Brown is you know, an ideology or, or a way of thought, yada, yada, yada. Each of the characters, you know, represents a point of view, a very strong point of view. And you're talking about civil rights, right? Mm-hmm. But then also, they, they also, you know, they show that they're people, they have layers. And I think that it's really easy to, you know, for maybe a, a movie of lower quality to just have these men be pillars. But these are pillars and people at the same time, which I think that they handled it. Really, really beautifully. It's also really tough to have four um, main people and balance it so well. Where, of course, you have to have one main character that's obviously Malcolm. Malcolm is uh-huh. the emotional core of the film. Um, he is, you know, probably has the most lines, stuff like oh, that. Yeah. But oh, yeah. each character gets at least one moment where they get to shine, whether it be through a monologue or an argument. And I think that. They do a good job of giving everyone just a really good balance because I'll tell you what, like as a writer, like if you have I, four strong characters, I've, I've maybe tried once to have like maybe three almost main characters. It's so damn hard; it is so hard the, to the, do that. The
0: weakest within this film, and, it, and but it captures his personality well, is Jim Brown. Where- oh,
1: I you see, he's um. I think that Aldis as an actor just exudes this this aura of, of strength. And um, yeah. I, at first I was I was like, well, I, I guess he, he, his character might be the most dialed back, but I think he represents the slow burn really, really well of being on the edge of the scenes. And then when he finally gets his sit down with Malcolm, that might be pff, my favorite interaction of the movie. He's definitely the most low-key of, oh, yeah. of all of them. Yeah. Um, but I think when he gets to shine, he, he knocks it out.
0: Exactly. Uh, and... Of course, the unique ability. I think the one who probably most uh, fulfilled my expectations, I'll say, because I feel like mainstream-wise, Leslie Odom, of course... Has a great voice. Bro, I
1: I was like, okay, Aaron Burr's in this movie? Okay. I know.
0: (laughs) I know. We're going to get to see him sing. Exactly. A lot of people aren't aware of Leslie Odom's acting prowess um, beyond those who are aware of Hamilton. I only know him from Hamilton. Exactly. He's like a legend already. He he was on uh, the murder on the Orient Express or whatever. Johnny Depp's rendition of that, and he's one of the. One of the people, uh, one of the suspects on the train. Yeah. Um, the that's one with the,
1: uh, Daisy Ridley, that one?
0: I believe that so. That came out
1: like 2016? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Re- the most recent rendition, yes. Um, so he's been in something that light. I don't know what else he's done, but...
1: The, I, except for the Nationwide commercials where he sings, Nationwide <laughs> is on your side. Yeah. yeah, no,
0: he's he's fantastic. And uh, everybody that I was watching this with just... Uh, just Oh, what a what a perfect casting choice to mm-hmm. cast like a, a voice that is that can move yeah. people that can move ideologies that can move things and I I, I, I personally I, I, it it did feel a li- <laughs> it did feel a little Aaron Burr esque uh, in the sense of I was I I have his, to say I'm
1: impressed because you know as being a theater person we're both involved in that world a lot of times theater people have a hard time doing converting doing film because they they just have to dial it in. And I was like, he just seems like he belongs in movies. His acting, like with these heavyweight actors who have essentially only done films, you know, the guy who played Malcolm X, he's a a British actor. Sure. British character actor. It's like, oh my God, I think he held his weight just fine. I haven't seen him in many movies at all. No, neither Whereas each of these other guys has been in many
0: movies. Really? I haven't seen, I haven't seen any of them except for Leslie Odom. Aldous, I've, I've got
1: nice little, I went to school with his mom um, at UCLA Nice. Uh, Yolette, she's an amazing person, fantastic writer. So I've gotten to see some of his other work. He was in The The Invisible Man last year. He played, oh. he was the male lead.
0: Was oh, this, was he in uh, Bird Box?
1: He wasn't in Bird Box, I don't think. But He okay. was in this fantastic indie movie called Clemency where he played a death row inmate. Um, and that's why I say he exudes this quiet strength where he's in the scenes. He doesn't have to have a lot of lines, but you, you just feel his, his energy. Um, okay. He's going to be in the... Black Adam movie with with the Rock actually ah, okay okay yeah so um,
0: but I would say you know. that you bring up a good point of your of Leslie Odom himself is probably the the least uh, pronounced actor of the four where or at least in in reputation and repute but he definitely holds was, his own yeah. and you bring up a, a an incredibly valid point of. Uh, think of a think of all the musical movies that you watch, right? Mm-hmm. There's usually some who are bona fide movie stars. Like if we think of Hairspray, there's John Travolta, there's Christopher Walken, there's um, uh, Zach Efron, perhaps. Um, but there are people, you know. I, I, I he kind of board, murks, murks, you know, muddies the line. Yeah. But there are some people who are like Broadway stars. Who really? Who's only lane in movies are are musicals because that's that's the capacity upon which they can do. They can do park and bark and sing and dance and all that. But it doesn't when you. It's 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 the same in reverse. Sometimes it. I think. Julia Roberts had, a, had her Broadway debut and a lot of people, she bombed. She absolutely bombed yeah. You know how freaking hard it is? <laughs> because it's such a different skill, skill set yeah. on one being so expressive and so out there uh, and versus the other one letting just the, the smallest of emotions captured on camera be your guide on, uh, through that medium. So it's just yeah. two, different, um, two different scopes on how to do it. And Leslie Odom's character well, in and, this and one is so... Good.
1: Thankfully, he has the the kind of cheat that he's probably done a lot of plays, and this is essentially a filmed play in a lot of ways. That's fair. Sitting and talking, and so, but still, like being on camera, like when there's a thing this close to your face, and there's a PA two feet away, it's a lot different than being on stage. Oh yeah. Um. So my tip my hat to him and the other actors. If we want to circle to probably the the strength of the film, which is the acting performances, which is Malcolm X.
0: Malcolm X. Yes. Um.
1: Terrific. I mean. There's got to be some kind of award. I'm, yeah. I'm sure this King, will clean up with the, the ensemble awards <laughs> at the other award shows, and it, it'll probably get a lot of awards and nominations in those like prestigious critic circles awards. But when it comes to Oscars, um, I think it has potential for probably adapted screenplay um, yeah. and maybe acting for Malcolm Possib-
0: Possibly even Regina King as director. As
1: director, yeah. Probably. It's, I think it's the first movie she's ever directed. Possibly. Oh I, my God! What a great—I mean, it's so a 4 per, a four-main-character movie as your first movie with these heavyweight characters, where you have to take really great care of the fact that this is like sensitive, deep material. Um, she handled it really, really well. But
0: but you're absolutely right. Kingsley, Kingsley Benadire as Malcolm X. I think will at least be nominated. I, I I'm unaware at this time of what the mullings around mm-hmm. are for the top contenders, and and of course since they pushed back yeah. all the Oscars, it's kind of hard to really get the full group since there are a lot of late entries because yeah. of because of uh, late late uh, late entries to the box office that would normally be there. Um, you know what I I think that that's. That's probably it, though, for me as far as like the the acting performances. Again, the Ali Cassius Clay performance. It's fun. It's it's tr- It's authentic, but it's not extraordinary, out of this world for me, from my point of view.
1: Yeah, to me, if, if there's, I guess, I don't want to say a weak point because I think he does well, but his, I guess, impact on the film is maybe the most muted. I I don't know because it's he is really fun, but when he gets to have his moment, I think he steps up.
0: Sure, sure. And again, like I said, he he carried a, a tremendous amount of responsibility in the first half of this film, yeah. and he only falters towards the end. And it's really not through any fault of his own. Yeah. I'd, I'd say it's just the the construct of the script.
1: But you know, you know, the, um, yeah, Kingsley Benadire from the obviously the voice, the manner. I mean, it's just like a master class in like character acting. Like I don't want to say method acting, but you know, if you're gonna play a real person, you have to take such special care. And Malcolm X is such an infamous character. It's like, I think he did as, as good a job as you could do, especially considering that the most notable performance is Denzel Washington as Malcolm X. Um, that's like... Oh, yeah, that's was probably notoriety the Spike of... Spike Lee movie, yes. which I actually haven't seen. I just am so aware of it that after I watched this movie, I was like, oh my God, I, I need to go watch Malcolm X and compare these performances, but terrific, terrific job. Um, yeah, and actually
0: somewhat different because remember, Denzel's film is a biopic so he he has Mm -hmm. a tremendous arc from point a to i'd even say point b to point c he has like three separate evolutions within the film and it's a long film but uh, and that's my only critique of that film but it's tremendous um and this one it's like a three
1: hour movie isn't it it's pretty long it's
0: pretty long i remember watching it i think i had to do it in two takes but it it actually it, it held up rather well um the point being, though, is that uh, this particular rendition of Malcolm X, there's only one version of him. He's only in one time, so it's kind of harder to have that have that tremendous uh, you know voyage of of a character in the essence of one night. Yeah. Um, but he he holds his own. He's very truthful within the the role. Uh, a, a stalwart of a of a performance for him, and will probably possibly go down as his crowning achievement because of how yeah. good it was. Yeah, absolutely. I only say this to bring up some more critiques since I try to balance it. My least favorite part of this film, and I know it's it's so obscure, possibly, was Betty X, his, uh, Malcolm X's wife. Every time she came on the screen, I, I I did not... I, I Again, I realize it's such a weird, small part of the film to really dislike and, mm-hmm. dis- and not enjoy, but I, you know how I don't like child actors for the most part. I enjoyed Malcolm X's kids' performance. Oh, also, like, so cute, so sweet, and so oh, cute. He was the cutest uh, kid actor I've ever exa- seen. I know, I know. And uh, <clears throat> but for that, uh, the the uh, the wife was it just. I don't know. Maybe it was because we were like seeing such stellar work from the other yeah. side that when we got snippets of, of home life, that it didn't marry to what the other performances yeah. were. Maybe that's what it was, but it just yeah. was not enjoyable for if,
1: me. If you're going to talk about, I guess, stuff that could be cut out to make the runtime a little bit easier, I think you could dial back on that, and then also the Muhammad Ali with like his training staff stuff. Um, I think could be dialed oh, back yeah. too. But really, I mean, I. I think that you could really cut the Muhammad Ali with his training staff because the whole, you know, Malcolm X talking to Betty is, a, you know, they have to have. The real impact at the end of the movie when his house gets burned down, you know, you need at least one scene with his wife where you can really feel the impact, and you know she kind of informs the conflict with the nation of Islam. So I understand it does disengage you from the film a little bit because this film soars when it's four dudes talking in the hotel room. So when he's with his wife, it's like a little bit of a break, you know, it distracts a little bit. Um, But I I do think that it does serve to make the, the impact at the end. Big, because if you didn't see his wife until the last scene, you're like, oh, yeah, that's his wife. That's sad. But now
0: we've seen her. We see that she's a person who has conflicted feelings about what he's doing. Um, oh, yeah. Construction wise, she yeah. her presence makes more than sense, especially with Malcolm mm-hmm. X, because he was very much a family man. and,
1: and Yeah. And it's, it's, it does a good job of humanizing him because I feel yeah. like a lot of people like me who got an American education. um, I learned next to nothing about him except that in school, he was like a a radical and like a terrorist and the violent Martin Luther King where it's totally untrue and another totally kind of off-the-cuff thing about this movie is I think it's the kind of thing that makes you want to research and learn more about these guys which I love movies that make me want to go on Wikipedia binges and I went on like a (laughs) three-hour Wikipedia binge after this movie, man.
0: Our last little discussion on this film is that when we talk about historical films... What I actually think I enjoy the second most about this film is that you still got a full enjoyment of the film while not having to fully know everything about the characters. You didn't have to have the entire exactly. context. A film that I don't feel does that well enough is One Night in Hollywood. Going once in, upon a time. One, once upon mm-hmm. excuse me. One, once <laughs> once upon a time in Hollywood is something that you kind you do need to have a pretty extensive knowledge it's more
1: fun because it's like if if you know these hollywood people like when when you have those aha moments it's great this movie yeah like you don't have to have an aha moment because these are obviously cultural icons but they're presented as men yes and that's it yes
0: and you you don't have to i think muhammad ali speaks for himself or cassius clay because i i was watching it and somebody didn't know that cassius clay was to become muhammad ali yeah and that was an aha moment that that just makes it all the more sweeter. Um yeah. Sam Cooke, I or I didn't realize I know the song. Mm-hmm. I know the song that they that they referenced and brought up. I didn't know that that was attributed to him. I am very familiar with the song. Yeah. And uh Malcolm X, I while I'm, I may not have uh I, I think that even if you knew where the ultimate destination was for him uh as a char- as a person, I I mm-hmm. suppose, but in, in this context a character, even knowing the foreboding ending that was to come it still was was a grim ending even even knowing that, or in spite of you not knowing that, now, either yeah. way, I feel feel that there was still an emotional toll associated with with the, yeah, that. Yeah, it's um, but it I, wasn't necessary. Is is my ultimate point? It wasn't yeah. necessary to have the entire yeah. context of all these characters. Exactly, and, is, and and gave you enough to go off of.
1: And I think that a lot of us who went had like a regular high school education, especially white people, um, we our knowledge of these men is is really tainted. And so I thought it was really good to watch this movie learn a little bit more and then go learn a little bit more myself Um, I would encourage anyone to watch I Wanted my sisters to watch it. You know, they're pretty young. It's rated R just for some language. And I was like, "This would be really good for you guys to watch to learn about these these icons." And then, you know, because your school probably won't <laughs> won't, won't yeah. teach, even though it's fictional, you get to know more about them and their ideologies. They're, which they're, I think was yeah, good. their
0: essence, their presence, what they what they were and what they stood for.
1: Yeah, because as as and why
0: they're such icons.
1: As a white person, like you're kind of told, like you know, the way that Martin Luther King Jr. went about this is like great. This is how you're supposed to do the civil rights movement. Is the Martin. Luther with the King right. Jr., nice, sweet protest, and there's so many more layers to it that I think that when you're growing up as a white person, you don't really understand or no one explains it to you. Um, so this is nice.
0: Yes. Um, all right. So Gary, to wrap this up, how many boxing bells get? Round? I was going to
1: say how many bo- how many punches?
0: Oh, how many punches? How many, get many punches?
1: How many Muhammad jabs am I am I given? For all this right. Movie? Yes.
0: Yes. Out of five. Out of five.
1: I'm going to give this movie a five out of five. Wow. Um, and I was, uh, it's slow start, but honestly, I was engaged. Acting was 10 out of 10 across the board for me. And any movie that makes me sit in silence and think, not only about myself, but culture as a whole. and makes me want to do research. Um, makes me feel things the way that this one did. I think it's deserving of a five out of five. The, the tractors for me aren't enough to take away a punch. Um, I think it's one of the best movies that we've done on the podcast. I think it'll be, um, I, I, I think it's going to have a life beyond this release. You know, some movies might fade into the ether. I don't think this one will. I think that Regina King and all of the actors in this movie have a really good future.
0: Um, I would go with three and a rope dope. So like three and a half. Three and a rope-a-dope. <laughs> yeah. So I'm gonna go with three and a half. Um honestly the things that are are great are tremendous. Yeah. They are there's no there's no denying it. Uh but the sin of having a fourth of this film being unwatchable in a row, like it wasn't like spaced out like, oh, there's a bad scene here and then there's a bad scene there, and then you just have to bite your way through it. It was so long, and it felt like so, so much of beating over the head. There's a lot of good stuff in it, and when you get to the good stuff, it it really is inspiring, and there's even, yeah. at the moment, there's a lot of emotional tones that hit uh, so, so poignantly and so well. You know what? I'm talking myself into it. I'm going to go four.
1: Hey, I'm going to go four, four. There we go.
0: You no know, rope-a-dope. Just four. <laughs> I'm going to go with four, um, but at the same time, this, it, the the fourth of the film, I feel like if you just...
1: And, and I uh, understand that because... I try really hard to have a great attention span with long talking movies. A lot of people don't. You know, oh, yeah. I, I'm not. I'm not saying you specifically, but I can. I think a lot of people might might, might get bored. Um, I, I, I didn't, but I think people will.
0: I I it, I knew that we had to to watch the rest for the for the uh, for the sake of the of the show. But had it not been for that, I think you might stopped. I might have, or I I I'm happy I, was, that you didn't. I know that I was openly questioning. Why? Why is this being so so renowned, so um, so good?
1: That's impressive that it was able to whisk you back from the the bellows and, and engage you.
0: Yeah. you know. And again, it, it was, just to completely reiterate, it was through no fault of the acting, through no fault of the direction, and the production quality was great. It was more so just that it slowed to a dead pace, and I, yeah. I couldn't get over that. Okay, so th- uh, for...
1: Oh, I got a shout out, Yolette, Rihanna, Aldis, Ed... You guys are killing it. For Gary
0: Boucher. I'm Philip Amrine. You guys are still killing it. And uh, thank you so much for listening to this episode and the f- succeeding following episode of Gimme Five. Make sure to go ahead and give that a listen. And um, remember, if you missed any movie or you there's a movie that you wanted to watch that came out recently, go back into the archive. I'm sure we, we watched it if it was worth yes. noting. Or you know, and even if it was Krampus or Evil Dead. We have that in there as well. What'd I tell you? I'm the champ. No. I told them I'm the champ. You don't want.